This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Begin transmission. Transmission. The Frontline Gaming Network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. The Frontline Gaming Network presenting Art of War with Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Art of War. You're listening to me and our co-host John, and we have TJ Lanigan over here to discuss his chaos list, which he refuses to give up on in this new Marine meta. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so geeked up to have TJ on here. I've been wanting to have TJ on this show since we started it, and so I'm just going to fanboy for a second. I'm excited, TJ. Hi, Come- I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> Come share the wisdom of chaos with us, and then maybe also give us some fashion tips. I think that'd be good. Yeah, All right. So I mean, I can for do those that. of you who want to know how to win GTs, it's about wearing ties. Just ask TJ. The more ties you have, the better. And I think Boba one Fett. time in my life, I've seen TJ not in a tie, and that's when he slept over my house. He didn't. He doesn't sleep in ties, so he is a little human. <laughs> and a Boba Fett belt. And a Boba Fett belt. That's right. That's um, what's what's up. So, TJ, um, you just got off of an undefeated record at the boys with your chaos list that features Magnus now. Um, do you want to run us through like what was in the list specifically? Yeah, so um, I uh, took, took a list similar to BFS. It did not do so well, so I structured it around, went to the Pittsburgh GT, went 6-0 and there. Just went to the boys GT, also went 6-0 and there. So definitely very happy with the list. So basically the list starts out. You got your normal demon detachment. I've got a pox bringer, a changeling, um, 30 plague bears, uh, 20 plague bears, and a unit of brimstones. Then you got a spearhead detachment for Nurgle, which is a pox bringer, three plague burst crawlers. And then you have your supreme command detachment, which is Armin, two princes, and Magnus the Red. Interesting. So um, a little bit kind of traditional in the sense that you have a lot of play bears. You have a unit of 30 and a unit of 20, but also a little unorthodox these days because you have uh, play bears cross, which we haven't really seen competitively in a while, pretty much since the rule of three came into effect and basically said no to play bears crawl or spam. So that's almost over a year now. Uh, you still see them here and there, but generally that's like the last of their large presence in the meta. And obviously Magnus, which basically no one's been running to success since he first came out. So what's the thought behind the list and how does it work? So um, basically the list works as still a denial list. I think that Chaos currently plays best as a denial list. Now, I'm not saying that you can't play a, a chaos list as pure threat overload. I'm just saying it doesn't have as good of results because it kind of forces you into these positions where you're like, if I don't go forward, I'm going to lose this game. Maybe the match you already know, even if I go forward, I'm going to lose this game anyway. So 
Um, so when you say denialist, what do you, what do you mean by that? Just so, so everyone's on the same page. Sure. So denial is, um, I'm trying to deny my opponent from scoring points, it, whether that be, uh, grabbing objectives and just sitting on top of them or denying my opponent's kills. The list is a very low number of kills. They're high toughness or lots of models in a unit. They could be negative two with an invul save and a lot of characters. So it's very difficult for you to score a secondaries, and score even the primary stuff if you're playing your ITC, you know, hold more and kill more every turn. So that's kind of what the denial part of it. Yeah, I've noticed Chaos Armies like that. Typically low scoring, but that doesn't matter as long as you score more than your opponent, right? That's true. Although so, Magnus definitely spikes the list a lot more than before. Because he's right. just, a, the damage he puts out is just insane once he gets powered up. But basically, the rest of the list just kind of functions as a denial list. Magnus is an additional denial. So previously, my old list, you picked secondaries and you were like, I'm going to pick Reaper because I had 30 pink horrors and 60, you know, 60 plague bears. So I had 90 models plus the terminators and characters. You were going to get your Reaper. Now the list picks, you pick one secondary against me now, and then you don't know what else to pick. So right yeah, now you pick Kingslayer. Kingslayer, right? Yeah. Yep. Go with Kingslayer. You're going to get it. And then that's it. Cause you're like, he doesn't have enough models for Reaper. Headhunter is going to be really difficult unless I'm beating him. He only has three vehicles that are very difficult to kill. Recon's not really a good option because getting close to a whole bunch of smites sounds bad. And old school, you're probably not going to get old school. And I have different ways of making sure you don't get old school as well. So it's kind of some tactic stuff. That's interesting. So with Magnus coming into the list, is that a direct result of the number of like power armor dudes running around and Magnus is really good at killing them? That kind of thing? Yeah, Magnus is great at killing space marines. Um, so uh game five i played an iron hands player who at du bois who had basically iron hands three flyers executioners all that stuff on turn two i did 32 wounds just with mortals just mortals that's it did you roll like all sixes or something or is that like normal for your army uh so magnus has a smite it's plus four to cast he does 2d6 he should roll at least seven mortal wounds right there. That's a low number. You're probably going to spend a reroll to try to make that go in the eights or nine area. And then he has two spells that basically all, that are D3 as well. So that's another two damage. That so brings it up to 11 damage. And then everybody casts their smites. That's another six damage. So now we're up to 17 damage. And then you have Infernal Gaze, which is another two mortal wounds. So we're up to 19 damage. And then you have Firestorm, which is another two mortal wounds. You're up to 21 damage. One of the heralds smited because he didn't need to heal any tanks. That's another two. You're up to about 23 or 24 mortal wounds. And then I did a gateway for an additional spell on Magnus, who did another D6 on two vehicles because they were close together. Uh, so that brought it up to about 30 mortal wounds. Wow. So it's not like 30 mortal wounds is definitely on the high end of your turn. You're casting extra spells. You're... You're rolling D6s and 2D6s on the smites against multiple vehicles. But it's not that crazy. I mean, like, you got to 20 pretty on average, which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're casting every damage-dealing spell. Magnus does D6 even if he doesn't roll the top side. So he's still doing D6 on even, like, a, a 5 or a 6 on a smite. So you're still getting, even with that, you're probably averaging, I'd say the low end of the spectrum is about 17 mortal wounds. The mid end of the spectrum is about mid-20s, and the top end of the spectrum is 30-ish, you know. You know, I've, yeah, I've built a lot, a lot of Space Marine lists, and 
they usually run about 150 wounds or so. So that is not bad. 32 wounds is a lot. That is 150. I mean, wound count is an awkward thing to try to metric your army by because like a tank for 70 points will make your average wound count like skyrocket for no reason. But also it's a tank with 10 wounds. It's just a weird metric to use. No, I agree. 30 I agree. Thirty more wounds, thirty more wounds, not already slice it. Like, even orcs yeah. don't want that. I agree yeah. with you. I'm just saying that like marine lists don't have that many wounds. Like it's not like an orc list that has a million wounds. It's thirty is a significant chunk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you find though that Magnus is a bit of a liability? I mean, you're you're running the risk of just going second and having him shot off the board really quick. No. So he's gone. I did not go first. Three out of my games. Um, at Du Bois, I did not go first. Three out of my games at the Pittsburgh GT as well. Um, and he only died twice. Uh, he's died three times now in 12 games, uh, competitive Like total games. or on turn one, you mean? Total. Total, total. How, how are you keeping him alive? I mean, he's tough. Don't get me wrong. It's 18 wound model with toughness seven, four up in vol, three up armor. Obviously, if you get him buffed up, he's minus one to hit and three up in vol. But... It's not unkillable, especially by the amount of firepower it takes to people are bringing in to kill Marines. How is he surviving all this? So I do some tricks. Um, you can make him toughness eight. That significantly increases his chances of staying alive. Um, I take a character who's designed to give him a feel no pain, which also keeps him alive longer. Um, I also um, could you explain how you give him toughness eight? By the way, sorry. Sure. There's a spell that gives him D three. Um, and you can make him have toughness uh, eight, or give him a plus one attack, or give him plus one strength. So, so it's um, like you roll a, a d three on a random table and just get a random buff. Yes, exactly that. So I mean, yeah. So toughness eight is one third of the time there. I mean, if yep. it happens, that's awesome. It's just. Yeah, that's, I would say with the reroll, it's about forty percent because you're going to spend. You have the spell reroll and the normal CP reroll. And the nice thing about the list is you're generally not spending CP. You're generally not having to reroll things in the psychic phase. It's one of the only things that you generally have to do because Magnus allows you to reroll all ones for everybody. So, yeah, all, I imagine there's, there's just nothing else to spend CP on in that list. Yep. So you're just, you know, so I'd say it's about a 40% chance you get it. So odds are maybe you don't get a turn one, but you're going to get a turn two. You, I'd say you get it probably every other turn. I would say yeah. is what you is what you get it. So um, there's. There's that. I play him very defensively, which means that I'm checking threat ranges when I'm doing stuff to make sure that he is far enough back where he's only getting hit by like your big damage dealers, but not any of the small arms fire because he doesn't like small arms fire. Um, he doesn't like to get shot, period, but but small arms fire he doesn't like to handle because he shouldn't have to. So I kind of jump him backwards. So he's usually pretty far back. He's usually about 30 to 40 back um, from your opponent's army. So basically That's I move him up. He's about you know, 24, he can hit two targets. He hits those two targets. Then I jump him backwards. He jumps back 20 inches. So your first, your top units were 24 away. Now I'm back 20 more inches. So I'm like 40 inches back from where you were at before. So interesting. So a lot of players who I talk to, and I think use Magnus on the internet and stuff, often just kind of deploy him forward and warp time his butt across the table, cast the smites and do whatever, and then charge something. And, you know, that definitely puts him in harm's way, so he often dies after that. You don't seem to use him like that at all. No, not even close. Um, I, I don't think that's the correct use of a 445-point model um, unless he has, like, maybe one or two wounds left. You're just going to set him up there to kill something before he dies. But uh, I lost 
him against double executioner um, because I couldn't kill the executioners fast enough. He died on turn two, but the damage was uh, sorry. He died on turn three, but the damage was already done. Um, and then he died against eight flyers. Sorry, six. No, I was right. Eight flyers um, in the finals of the boys, and um, he killed four of them before he died, and he died on turn three. So again, the damage is already done. If Magnus is alive for three full turns, smiting things out, like that's really bad. And I didn't even go first that game. He got shot real hard on turn one. Uh, he did not die, and then he just killed like four flyers. And you were then. still able to, so I imagine like he didn't die, but he's limping on like seven, eight wounds left. He didn't just die on turn two? No, because now he's fully buffed, and uh, I can also heal him as well. Sorry, he heals every turn too. That's true. Well, temporal manipulation. Yep. Yeah, so you're healing D3 every turn, so with a 3-plus invol, minus 1 to hit, and all your spells are going off, you should be able to hit some of those flyers with with things that will actually take down the flyers. So Basically, the only thing that you're afraid of is like an army that can sh even shoot Magnus turn 1, because like you said, he's 30, 40 inches away. So, And if your opponent's not deploying on the line, it's even further. And it's hard to deploy on the line against Chaos because they'll just charge you and kill you or wrap you or whatever they do. Um so very few armies can even interact with him before he gets buffed up if he's all the way back. And then, even then, it's, you have to roll really bad for him to actually just die. And if as long as he survives, then you buff up with minus one, three, pinville, potentially toughness eight, and you heal him. So it's almost like, what was the point? Yeah. Can you, so I, yeah, so he just kind of spends there, just hanging out. Can you, I, I'm sorry, this is a, I don't know chaos well. Can you use the strat that gives him plus one to save on turn one? Or is that? I a, wish. Oh. No, that's only <laughs> chaos demons. Only I chaos demons. We're hoping that that's going to change. I'm hoping that's going to change when they rewrite the chaos book, um, because that would really make Primarchs playable. You'd see more Tarion more, and you'd see Magnus more. But right now, that's just speculation. I mean, it used to work, and they FAQ'd it to not be like that, so I doubt it. But we'll see. Yep. Okay. I just I had to ask the question, and then the other question I had was. Uh, you said several times that you jump him back. I assume that means that you're warp timing him to move him away from the enemy as opposed to increasing his threat range and getting in somebody's face, right? Yeah, so I basically make Magnus at 24 inches and make all the other casters behind 24 so that when I cast warp time, they're not able to stop that power. That's a power they can't stop. And then they can't stop any of his buffing powers as well. Because those are on the casters like Armon or someone in the back, right? Yep. And then I make those all like plus one to cast. I'm rerolling ones, so they're all pretty much going to go off because they go off on like fives with rerolling ones as well. And then, like I said, you just jump him back, and then he's basically out of harm's way except for like long-range fire, which he was going to get shot at anyway no matter where he was at. Right. Interesting. And then I guess him being the prominent target you pretty much have to deal with, it kind of ensures your Plague Risk Crawlers live into the later turns as well. Yeah, I mean... People often will tell me, like, when I bring this list, they're like, man, I don't really understand what your list does because, like, don't I just kill all this stuff really early on? You think that, but then you're like, I have to kill Magnus. He has to die because if he doesn't, like I said, he puts out, like, I don't know, 12 mortal wounds by himself every turn. That's, like, the low spectrum. So, you know, if he's living, he's doing a lot of damage. He can also fly up and get in melee if he really needs to. Um but um, a huge threat either way, even if you're not using him like that. The fact right. that you could just run up the table with him keeps people honest with their screens. 
Yep. So I like, you know, th there's that. Then you got the tanks, which basically I use those for mortars. Uh, the mortars are really good. Nake two mortars that do D3 damage are really strong. Um, especially when they hit on, you know, D6 shots, each one of them. So you're getting an average of 12 shots. You're hitting six times. You should be wounding six times because you're rerolling ones to wound. You wound basically everything on twos, threes against like toughness seven or toughness eight models. So mm, I bet you that's really good at killing Thunderfire cannons. Oh, man. Yeah, it's great for killing Thunderfire cannons. My round, uh, my round five opponent was not happy that all three of them just fired on 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 my turn one and was like, "That Thunderfire cannon's dead." And he was like, mm, "Your Thunderfire cannons are better than my Thunderfire cannons." I'm like, "Yes, yes, they are." What's the range on the Plague Burst Crawler? Out of curiosity, forty-eight. Okay, so enough. Moves, moves nine inches, so you don't really need to worry about you know getting him in a position. I kind of put him 50% obscured. So it's a toughness eight model that basically has a two up cover because it's either behind a building or behind a model that's also behind a building and touching a ruin. So it gives it a two plus two plus save against like pot shots and bolter wounds and stuff like that. It's got a five plus invul, three plus armor, 12 wounds. Um, it can heal every turn and it's got two D you know, two D six flamers. If anybody gets close to them. Yeah. So and I mean, and like you, like you guys have said several times, like if somebody has a layout last cannon, they're going to light it up on Magnus because they can't not do that. Yeah, I mean, right. you're not going to even want to shoot a laser cannon at a Plague Burst Crawler anyway. It's very, very frustrating. Pain is, is just yeah. not, there's no efficient way of dealing with it. You did got to deal with it the hard way. Yeah, even if you put, let's just say, max damage on it, which would be six damage on a Plague Burst Crawler, six wounds, I'm going to heal, I'm going to save two of them on my Feel No Pain, I'm going to take four damage, then I'm going to heal it two wounds on my turn. So you basically shot the Lays Cannon at it instead of firing at Magnus, and you dealt it two wounds. Yeah, it's just, there's no efficient way of tackling the army, which brings it back to how it's a denial army that just has Magnus to kind of do the work for it in the early turns. Get it up on that scoreboard. That's awesome. Um, do yeah, you ever find? Oh, go ahead, John. I was just gonna say. I'm just. I'm thinking through this. So you've got Magnus, who's really hard to interact with. You got these plague burst callers, and then you've got sixty plague bearers too. Uh, fifty. 50. Yeah, fifty. Yeah. Oh, gross. Like that's that is a lot to chew through. It that's is a lot. Like a lot through. of times, you think of the plague bearer army, and it's like, okay, my entire army is gonna load into thirty plague bearers that are minus two to hit, and I maybe with my whole army, I bring them. To a manageable number later on but it's like you don't get to unload your whole army to play bears there's a magnus running around oh, because magnus isn't like in your front lines it's not like magnus just dies turn turn one on bottom turn one or whatever he makes it for yeah. a while I mean, I'm still, you're still firing your bolters where I want you to fire them, which is plague bears that are negative two. You're still firing your heavy damage at the stuff I want you to fire, which is Magnus until he dies. So I'm, you're still doing exactly what I want you to do, you know, no matter what. Uh, yeah. You know, the other interesting thing about your list, TJ, is that, uh, you know, obviously you're doing like a lot of those chaos lists that we've been seeing to run around um, for a while, uh, a lot of mortal wound span, but those plague burst crawlers actually, Chipping in every turn, that's kind of like having extra smites on tap. <laughs> so it's because you're you're you've got a forty eight. You know, most of those chaos lists can't shoot, but that's actually pretty effective shooting. And you get to shoot whatever you want. Like you just because yeah, it's it's really good for killing Primaris because it's D three damage, and it's really good for killing the stuff that kills my plague bears early on, like Thunderfire cannons. So like if you only brought one or two Thunderfire cannons by turn two, I've killed them both. They're both dead. 
and that's a problem because that's your that's the damage you're using to basically either slow down my army from grabbing more or you're just plinking away with basically firing each one of them twice so that's a problem not to mention you can press the instant tank so now the tank's hitting on a three plus and then you're going to re-roll the shot because you might have a re-roll from the previous psychic phase that you still have so now you're going to re-roll the number of shots you might kill you might kill two in a turn i don't know you know i guess also in thinking about it like they're also, like you said, they're good at killing things like intercessors, which also happen to pour out a lot of shots into plague bears, right? So in a way, like your plague bears become more durable in the fact that you're removing the things that hunt them. So you know, they're really great at killing eliminators. That don't we don't like eliminators as chaos because of characters, but they're really good at killing eliminators because what's they the minus save those things? Neg two, neg two. Yeah, so owners usually have a three up save, so I'm or a one up save, which. You know, yep. Three I'm just time. basically yeah. each each one of them should kill one guy. You should roll like one one with each damage because I should be hitting you. Each one should be getting two shots through. I should be wounding you twice. So that's six. So you should be failing at least two. That kills two eliminators basically a turn. Yeah, it's it adds up over time basically, kind of like your whole army. Yep, just plinking damage. You're just trying to plink stuff away. They've got yeah. bolters as well. They're sluggers. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like for you, two eliminators a turn is like that's a lot, that's enough, and it's like most armies don't think of two eliminators as like you've done anything. But really, you're not trying to win the game in one turn with this army, which I think a lot of people make that mistake. You're playing six turns and just scoring, scoring, scoring. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm I'm not trying to beat your face in on turn one. I'm trying to go. All right, it's turn six, and uh, I've killed more than you every turn, and I've held more than you these two turns. I guess I win. Yeah, which is very counterintuitive because most people look at a Magnus list and they're like, okay, it's going to just run straight at me. It's going to charge me. It's going to do what Magnus does. But you're using Magnus more like a, a hit and run kind of tool, move forward, smite the crap out of stuff. And you have a lot of good ability to kill characters too because the sniping powers that Magnus has can just target characters from this part. Yeah, smite. and they just go off. So the previous list was like, earlier in the year was like, if I get a warp, if I get a Doom Bolt off, cool. If I get a Bolt, cool. But like this new list is like Magnus is whatever spell he casts, it's going off because it goes off on a seven and a six, um, yeah, and he rerolled ones. So yeah. and he's putting the damage out definitely. That's super cool. Um, are you worried about? I guess we'll cover that in matchups. Never mind. Um, do you? How did your list? get to this point i guess like i know you used to be running blight lords and horrors and all that and i guess magnus is a better acknowledgement to the ring meta but like what kind of drove you to this conclusion i know when we played at bfs a little while ago you had triple disco lords and i guess you didn't like those so that was very unfortunate behind all the evolution so um i like tactics i like to be able to adapt to my list i don't like the lists that are basically just like this is a straightforward path, and this is what you're going to see. It's telegraphed. You know what's going to happen. So I've been playing Chaos for a while. The Blight Lords with the, um, you know, the Plague Bears and the the Pinks gave me a ton of tactics and mobility. I could kind of play my play style based on my opponent's list and stuff like that. I like that a lot. Then Space Marines came out and kind of threw everything into the wind. Um, and I wanted to try some new, more aggressive stuff, like all-ins. But um, more and more... At B, especially at BFS, basically, like, those options don't work because your opponent sees them coming, and they can kind of screen that stuff. So it just doesn't offer you a lot of tactics. So I was like, what other tactics can we use to maybe make the list more resilient? 
to not have to worry about that stuff, maybe some different options. So restructure the list, and uh, I, I think this list is much stronger than the list I took to BFS. Yeah, okay. So like basically you didn't write like the Disco Lords were kind of all in. They forced you to run yeah. through that zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, like you killed three Disco Lords with uh, almost no effort whatsoever. It was yeah, like once they came to me, they were just dead. I mean, I couldn't really kill them at range too well. Because you were able to hide them, but so if I couldn't, they committed, though, they just died. Right, but if we played on a table with no elves, they would have just died immediately. They would have just died instantly, yeah. Because I, I will totally shoot a discolor where I can actually damage it, as opposed to shooting Magnus, where I don't really see any return on investment for a while. Yep. So I mean, even when we played, you killed Magnus on turn six, basically, because yeah. I sent him out the last turn. But yeah. like. That's basically how it goes with most of my opponents. If you think of a space marine, a top tier space marine list, what do they have this long range that they're they're, they're able to basically take down a Magnus that has a three plus invul after turn one? There's not I'm a lot. Sure Last cannons and if they took a repulsor executioner, that. Yep. So I mean, like your standard, your Iron Hands list, your in particular has last cannons. So you're going to shoot a last cannon at Magnus every turn. Nine times out of ten, after he's buffed up, you probably shouldn't. He probably shouldn't fail. You should fail one of them, if that, every turn. So if you yeah. do four damage every turn, he heals D3. You're dealing like two damage a turn to Magnus. He shouldn't die, especially yeah. now with the Feel No Pain and stuff like that. It's even less now. That's some interesting stuff. Okay, so um, do you find like you have enough... Like, Let's say Magnus goes down early, because worst-case scenarios can totally happen. And if Magnus goes down early, do you think the rest of your army is enough where you can still win the game? I still think it's super... Um, um, super resilient, uh, and uh, I just start swapping out spells. To be completely honest, I start swapping out spells that are more damage dealing and giving back to my princes, and then it just feels like my old list anyway. So, um, it definitely gets harder. But I mean, um, I feel like if they had enough firepower to take out Magnus on like turn one, then they probably don't have enough firepower to also take out fifty plague bearers and three tanks and the rest of the characters and stuff like that. So. Right, because the weapons that are generally good against Magnus are not good against Plague Bear. So if they have that much anti-Magnus, they probably don't have enough anti-Plague Bear. Right, yep. That makes sense. And I noticed you have a, a 20 and a 30 man, as opposed to like two 25s or something like that. Um, what's your thought process behind those numbers? So one 30 man can stay on the table and basically easy buff for a neg two, you know, no problems. Um, but the 20 man, uh, if I want to be really cheeky, I can spend one CP and put it in reserves. And then what happens now is I know 100% what unit you're going to shoot at. There's only one unit on the table. So if I want to spend two CP, make them have a four plus invul, that's the only unit you're going to shoot at. And if I was going to play against a list that had, I don't know, like triple thunderfire can of turn one, maybe I just spend all my CP and put everybody in reserves. Now you picked old school against me. Now you have no way to get old school in turn one because it's three tanks and Magnus. You're not killing three tanks and Magnus on turn one, even one tank or Magnus. So Yeah, yeah, wow. That's really cheeky. And you're okay playing the game with like so few CP because you only start with what? I start with nine? 10. I start with 10. Oh, yeah, because Supreme Command. All right, you start with 10 and you do your free relic uh, to get CP regen on a 5+. plus. So, and you don't really spend CP on anything. And it, putting everything in reserve is only for CP. That's it. So what, do you, what would you put in reserve? The brims because you just don't want to deny the kill. 
Right, um, unless they don't have a Thunderfire cannon. They have, don't have right. a Thunderfire cannon, I don't need to worry about it. But let's just say a normal Space Marine list with two Thunderfire cannons. Uh, I probably you just... Would, you would put the Brimson Reserve there just to deny that kill? Deny the old school? Deny oh, yeah. Because the, they'll, the they'll take old school against me because they always do. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's only so much you can take, right? Like, you take Kingslayer and Magnus, and it's like, you can't max Big Game Hunter. Right. Because you're doing three players cars. You, can't, you could theoretically max Headhunter, but at that point, you've basically just been tabled, so... Yep. I mean, that's not a plan. There's no way you're picking Butcher's Bill. You're... I would probably take Mark for Death against you. I'd mark both Plague Bearer units and two of the Plague Burst Crawlers. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. It gets very difficult, and then it it is for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you still need a third one. Remember that, John. So what's your third? Uh, probably engineers. Yeah, okay. engineers, engineers is a third one. Yeah. pretty good against that style list. That's what the mortars are for. That's yeah, they they do help. For. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it um, also depends, like how durable your your engineers are, because like like you said, they'll kill five space marines, no problem, but they'll definitely struggle with like a ten minute unit to guard. Oh um, yeah, it's counterintuitive as that is, just because it's all it's a flow number of high quality shots better yep. for space marines, not anti horde. Well, yeah, it's my, definitely not for ten guard. Yeah, for myself, I'm often making a wave serpent uh, an engineer, so that's pretty good against you, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess flavor scholars also make decent engineers yourself, TJ. Yep, yeah, that's true. Uh, usually, um, if if you did what I just if you did what I just did, you pick uh, engineers, mark for death, and the other one, I probably just spend two CP, put the twenty man in reserve and the ten man in reserve, and then we just have a normal game. When I know that you're going to shoot two thunderfire cannons at the uh, plague bearers on turn one, I'll just spend two CP, another two CP, go down to six, and just shield myself. Yeah, that makes sense. So out, out of curiosity, TJ, I'm looking at your list, and they're thinking about it anyway, and it looks to me like it's designed very well for ITC because, like you said, you're denying kills, but you also have the ability to stand on a lot of objectives and be in the center of the board. Yeah. You project a lot of force, um, and, like, Plague Bearers stand where they want. Like, they just do. That's how they work. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but I think you – not only can you – score kill more but you can also probably score some hold mores and some bonus points is that how how you find the list plays yeah i mean the 20 man um plague bear unit um can kind of deep strike in and grab things that i needed to grab maybe try to charge something try to lock something up or it just sits in the middle of the table after the first unit's pretty depleted so that gives me the ability to kind of for at least that one turn i'm definitely going to hold more than you and then early on, if I'm fighting against a normal Space Marine list, it's very easy for the Plague Bearers to kind of run and get on, you know, two or three objectives with one unit. So kind of just sit there at neg two with a with a four plus invul. You're gonna have a really tough time getting rid of those guys. They're just gonna be annoying. So yeah, for sure. I mean, Plague Bears are still Plague Bears. A lot of people have kind of written them off because they're Space Marines just kill them. But like, no matter how you slice it, it takes effort. And Magnus also one of the one of the key things space ring players have to deal with play bears is null zone, and that's so hard to get off if Magnus is plus two denying you right from right next to you. Yeah, and if I see a librarian on the table, you can bet that I'm killing him first. Yeah, with all those sn snipey psychic powers with smite. Oh yeah, yeah, we don't want to see him. Yeah, it's really smart. It's a really well thought out list, despite it looking just like. You took your normal list and added Magnus instead of Bite Lords. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I a... think the Plague Burst Callers are particularly smart uh, because it gives you, like, it just, 
So like if the Marines are good at killing your plague bearers because they have like a lot of Marines with, you know, a bunch of bolter fire. Well, those don't kill plague bear scrawlers. They just right. don't. That's what I tell people when I do my, you know, when I talk about my list, it's just another different type of screen. So if your list is good at killing one type, it's not good at killing the other. I assure you of that. And not on that magnitude. It might be, you might have a list that's like an all comers, like this can kill some tanks, this can kill some vehicles, but like this is the most resilient tank in the game, plus the most resilient troops in the game. These are literally like the a two extremes. Literally shooting a 12 wound knight with feeling pain. Like toughness eight, three up, five up, feeling pain. Like when you put it like that, you have a knight and a half with feeling pain just standing there. And then I heal it every turn. So it heals D3 yeah. every turn. So like I think people don't really respect how just how tough they are. Because it doesn't look that tough. It's it's a tank, but no, it really is. And yeah. it's it's toughness eight, right? It yeah, is toughness, toughness eight. eight. Mm-hmm. That's a magic number for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually <laughs> it's funny because you're just basically doing more of what you do, but you're just have adjusted it to the meta, is what it looks like to me. Um try to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, By the way, I would describe what you do as uh, standing where I want to stand and throwing mine bullets at you. I oh, yeah. Good description. I like that. <laughs> that's what yeah, he that's does. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you think your list needs to change at all for other formats? I know, like you said, it's so well designed for ITC, but maybe ETC or Nova? Um, yeah, ETC, it probably, um, it probably would change a little bit. I'd probably play, um, it, and again, it would depend on what what country you're playing too, because uh, you know Europe has been notorious for not having as much terrain uh, as other places. So playing in the this UK, year they were pretty good about it. What's up? This year, they were, the ETC had pretty good terrain. It wasn't too bad this year, but notoriously, I've heard like local events, GTs have have problems. Not ETC, but like other GTs that people go to, they have problems with running. I would say my list because they're like, well, there's no cover here, so I just die. So, um, I, I would probably change out. I'd probably take less characters. Um, you probably don't need that changeling. You probably take someone else who's maybe a little more resilient. Um. Maybe cut some points on the plague bearers. Um, you know, just some different things I'd change around. Just because uh, if there's no cover and all my characters are basically just sitting in the middle of the table the whole game, that might go badly. So, so what would you replace that with? I guess is just the question. Because I know, like, there's a lot of units that you aren't bringing here that are kind of mainstays of chaos, like bloodletter bombs, angor bombs, things like that. And you know, you're going for the durability route here, unless you're like they're pretty much through and through and those things aren't particularly durable, but they uh, offer things like blood letters coming in more or less auto making the charge, guaranteeing a wrap on something and wrapping something is in its own form of form of durability. What's your thought process behind emitting those types of units? Um, <clears throat> I guess space Marines just have so many strats that just don't care about you wrapping a unit or you just never get that wrap off. So like you have, um, Auspex scan is really rough, uh, especially for blood letters, because if you lose too many, they kind of lose their buffing power. Or you could fail the morale check as well and lose even more models. Let's just say you lose like seven models, fail morale check, roll a five. Well, you just lost 12 models to an Auspex scan. That was really bad. And you haven't even done melee yet. Like you might lose it. Like Space Marines are actually pretty good in melee. Against yeah, like you're wrapping even days. five scouts, like you might lose like four or five more blood letters easy. Yep. So now you've lost, you know, uh, you've lost like 
half of your squad or you have down to 15 guys was that worth you wrapping one unit for one turn i'm not so sure about that then the other problems that you run into is like you're not getting the units you want to kill and then um they're just not like the stuff you're wrapping isn't stuff that matters for the rest of your armies to survive because space marines are the msu kings they can basically they're running 20 units that are msu that don't care they all work independently for the most part you're not wrapping a whole bunch of units if the player is good you're going to wrap one two units if you're lucky so you're basically denying them for firing maybe 30 shots but they're going to kill that unit in maybe one turn if that I just don't see the value of you tying up a unit of bolters or a unit of sniper rifles. Like in the old days, it made sense. You'd charge, run over, tie up an entire unit that like they need that unit to kill whatever was across the table. But now they have so many units that just do so much damage that it's just you're not doing enough for that screen to make any sense. Mm -hmm. And what about something like horrors? I know you used to run love like your unit of thirty horrors oh. and kill all the hordes. Uh, what's, how do you live without those guys? I guess it's rough, man. They just, they don't do anything like you can't drop within 12. So now you're 18 away, which is fine, but it means that you're the extra use of you being able to, to wrap get the charge off. Yeah. To yeah. get a charge off is not happening. So you're kind of not using their full utility, which is what they were really good for. The shooting was cool, but being able to charge and then go all over the table was really what you wanted to. You wanted them to be on all four corners, really restrict your opponent's movement, maybe restrict their deep striking, lock up a unit so they couldn't get shot at. They have a four-plus invul. They're very resilient. Like, all that stuff was great. Take all of that stuff away. You're basically deep striking in guys that fire 90 shots. And then against Space Marines, they just don't care because they're in cover or they're stealthy, and they're like, we have a two-plus armor and you're minus one to hit. And you're like, okay. So um, just so everyone's on the same page, you're you're not just going for the nine-inch yellow charges with horrors, or at least you weren't used to be. Uh, in fact, you're talking about it like you consistently made charges with horrors. Could you just go into detail of how you did that? Sure. I mean, it's it was only it's only eight-inch charge because you're going to take the instrument guy, right? Right. So you're going to shoot at another unit and then charge the closest unit, which is eight inches away. And when you would charge that unit, you want one guy to punch. So you're not killing anybody, and then you basically want to wrap. Well, I mean, like how? But how are you making the charge? I'm really trying to get you to explain the Overwatch trick. Oh, sorry. Well, you could do. Um, if your opponent didn't know what was going on, you could basically when you the unit is selected to take casualties, you could take casualties on a pink car, and then what happens is if the pink car, uh, one of the units in the back dies, one of the pinks dies, it basically splits into a blue, which now goes in front of your arm, uh, in front of your squad, which is now seven inches away, and then plus the instrument, you need like a six-inch charge. So you would get charges off almost all the time with them. Um, yeah, so you're actually saving a couple points for reinforcements so that you could split a harder on Overwatch to make a six-inch charge instead of the normal eight. Yeah, and also, then you have you know you have two rerolls with yeah I was you know, gonna say you have the gaze of fate reroll and the yeah and the, you got a normal CP reroll re like, yep it's pretty easy for you to get the charge off so like the utility of that unit nine times out of, I would say eight times out of ten you were getting that charge they were doing something effective but now they just die and they're sad there is a unit I want to ask you about that's not in your list I don't think and that's the fault is it the fall blightspawn the guy with the flamer oh, that makes you yes. fight last. 
so I depressing. He also has a ridiculous flamer. Right. Yeah. But but he makes you fight last and has ridiculous. I feel like he fits still well in your list. I'm kind of curious why he's not there. So he doesn't fit in the list at all, actually. So the list never gets close to my opponent ever. There's no need for me really? to You're not trying to wrestle someone up with plate papers. No. I'm not trying to wrestle Space Marines with Plague Bears. I'm trying to sit in the middle of the t- the middle of the table and just win by just grinding it out. That's what the list does. It just grinds out. Magnus isn't going up there. The Demon Princes aren't charging. Your Plague Burst Crawlers are probably firing against Space Marines. We're just talking straight Space Marines because that's primarily four out of six games what you're going to play against. You know, they're just you're just sitting in the middle of the table, hanging out, waiting. So the flamer guy needs to be within nine, and there is no screen that is going to get you. And that's the other problem too, right? Not only do you not want to wrestle with Space Marines, you also don't want to be within rapid fire range of their entire army. That's just not going to go well for you. Or flamers, if you're playing Centurions, like there's just no troop that's going to keep it alive long enough where the flamer guy gets work done. And then your opponent just goes transhuman strength transhuman physiology and you're like oh cool my flamer guy that normally just wounded things on a two not only wounds things on a four with d6 shots you'll get four shots you're only going to wound twice now not really helping you like it used to before it used to just rip through guys Mm -hmm. but your army your army is actually like a sit in the middle don't ever don't bot don't you know mind your own business kind of army yeah mine's a get off my lawn type list yeah yeah I just would have thought that people would be coming to you, right? But maybe I'm mis- I, misunderstanding, right? Anything that comes near you, you just smite off the table. You have so much firepower for smites. It's just insane. Like, so okay. unless they're going to deep strike in and then you just hit them with six D6 flamer shots that also kill it just as easily. So do you think you're weak to horde? I mean, your list is obviously very well suited to handle space Marines because that's what you're going to play in tournaments these days. But like, if you run to like a horde of orcs, and I don't want to get too deep into matchups because that's in part two. But like, do you think just generally speaking, it was just too weak for a sword? Um, I played against orcs when we were testing the list, when I was building the list. I played against orcs twice. Um, once me not going first and once me going first. Both results were the same. Me going first was really bad for him. Me not going first was bad, but um, I only won by a couple of points. So basically, I just play the list differently. It's of more of an aggressor list. Um because of what that horde list consists of when you're playing against like orcs. Because primarily when you say horde, you mean horde, but you really mean like grot horde. So that's different. Um, Because you're not talking 120 boys. And if you are talking 120 boys, that's even better. Because Plague vs. Crawlers love boys. Why do Plague vs. Crawlers love boys? I'm just trying to understand. So you've got your flamers. Uh, orcs only wound you on sixes because uh, they're strength four unless they cast a spell, which you should be able to stop with either Armin or someone else unless they're pretty far back. And even then, they're only wounding on fives. You're, you're wounding on sixes unless they're like weird scar boys, which no one takes. Right. So there's that. You have the flamers, so you're killing basically anything that's in front or you're putting a lot of damage on stuff, so you're either forcing them to make a lot of morale checks on the units because you're going to flame multiple units and then try to bring all the morales down. So you're either going to try to auto-pass or bring units back, and then it's tough as eight. You're just going to charge it into boys, which just prevents them from doing anything like because they, they're not going to do anything in melee. They want to be in melee with other things, so now they have to fall back, or they just sit there for the whole game, and you just smite 
models off of it until you can get to where you want to. Or you can charge your princes because they're wrapping around the tanks. Now you have princes on the backside of your tank, which means that the tanks are still further up and you pull all the boys in one shot. Um, so, yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. So, yeah, we'll get more into the, the matchups later, but I think we kind of covered most of the, the general strategy of this list. It's very flexible depending on who you're playing, clearly. Uh, it sits in the middle of mud zone business. Use Magnus very defensively, just pretty much the whole list very defensively. Just poking, getting kill more, um, that kind of stuff. Denying kills, denying hold more. Really interesting, grindy, classically grindy chaos build there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super, super resilient list. Like, I'm pretty sure you never get tabled. Uh, it's <laughs> never it's never happened yet. I mean, let's not jinx it now, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I just can't, like... I'm for you, TJ. Let's battle. All right. I mean, so... Here's here's my question. This is kind of an interesting thought exercise anyway, at least for me, being a newer player. So it looks to me, looking at your list, that it probably doesn't score a ton of points. Like, it's never going to score a 39, or not typically, unless, you know, things go really your way. But it's going to be a pretty consistent score. But even in a loss, it's going to score a lot of points because you get to play a six-turn six game. So, like... You should score three points basically every turn. You should score maybe four points to if you're winning. Let's just say you're going to win the game. Maybe two of those turns you're going to score four points. So let's just say that's a twenty. Then you're going to score twelve points on the bottom. That's a thirty-two. Yeah. And then you should score at least a thirty. Thirty-two is probably like your low end of the spectrum. You should get all your secondaries. You should get thirty points on the. You know, you should get twenty points on the top. Yeah. So, so I did notice though that um, like you, like I said, you went undefeated at the boys, but you got second place because it's a large tournament and it's battle points. Yeah. After win loss, the tiebreaker. So, is, would you say it's a weakness of the list or just a, a formatting thing where you you get these low but consistent wins, so you struggle to really get up on the scoreboard much? Um, I just think that Space Marines are so strong that they just blow all the lists out of the water anyway. Like I was scoring high games, like, um. My last two games of my game for BFS was like a 39 out of 44. The game before that was a pretty high score too. I think that was a 37 out of 44. That's only, you know, um, that's only seven points off of max. I mean, those are pretty high. Those are good scores. Like my last game at the boys, even, even after losing uh, Magnus on turn three, was still a 46 out of 50. Like it was four points off of a max score. So I mean, like, I think um, Space Marines are just so strong that they just they punch so hard that every one of their games is like a landslide game. They don't have any low scoring games. So well, yeah. It turns out when you table your opponent on three, you score a lot of points. That's how. Yeah. Works, yeah. Right. So oh, yeah. it got to the point at Wars in Atlanta with my Space Marines where I was disappointed if I didn't max. Yeah. Like I got thirty-two out of thirty multiple times. Just the way the format worked, it was hard to get an actual thirty-three. And uh, I was disappointed because I didn't get that last point. And it's definitely a mindset too. Like you have to like playing this list in general. You have to come to the table and be like, okay, I only scored three points last turn. I only got one secondary. Like this is where we're at every every turn. Like you can't get discouraged that you're just not tabling your opponent or at the end of the game they still have units left on the table or you're just not doing stuff. Like you're not killing as much as they want. Like, and I think people also, to, to kind of chime in on that idea, people get overly aggressive because they feel like they have to do something. Um, 
I think that's a trap to fall into, especially so with this kind of denial type of list. Because that your your goal is to make your opponent not interact with you or as minimally as you can. And if you get aggressive, then you're giving him opportunities to interact with you and score points. Yeah, which is kind of my play style. I'm a reactionary kind of player. I want I want to take advantage of the mistakes that you've made with either trying to close the gap of points or trying to edge forward with points. So that's kind of how all my lists are kind of built. So that's kind of how I built this list. Um, so it's almost like, um, and I talk about this a lot in the coaching I do, it's like you try to create a list that sits there and does nothing and wins. So then the onus is on your opponent to go do something about it. So he has to get aggressive and come to you and start doing stuff like that to try to do something. Because if he doesn't do anything, you're going to win by like two, three points. Very pretty much. You know, yeah. If Sands are about it. Oh yeah. And then if he does something, if he tries to come towards you to, you know, make something happen, get some action going, he's kind of just letting you do whatever you want to him because he can either sit there, do nothing and lose by a couple points, or he can try to win, but then probably end up losing more, even harder. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it is. Uh, it's like the first time you 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 kind of branch out with like maybe your smash captain or that unit of you know centurions, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like three or four of them are dead. You're like, wow, um, that was really disheartening. Um, I'm not sure I want to keep going here. That was really bad, and I didn't kill anything. So, oh, uh, I don't. I'm just gonna say for the record, I don't think we can put this episode out. I don't really. I don't really want to play against this. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, there are a lot of people who run this list who don't know how to play this list, so you should be fine. Well, it's, that's what we're here on Art of War to do, is teach people how to play better. Yeah, yeah, it is secretly a lot more difficult than people give it credit for, because they're just like, oh, three tanks run up the table, Magnus runs up the table, and then I just win, right? And I'm like, well, no. Actually, now you just lost the whole game, because you just lost all your chess pieces. You're just throwing all your chess pieces also, I'm going to rant for just a second. There mm. literally isn't an army in 40k that is just walk up the table and win. Uh, so, Iron Hands. You, uh, we already said it. No, Iron Hands sits there and wins. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. No, they, they actually I say this as an Iron Hands player. Because <laughs> they don't have a minus to hit when they move. So That's true. That's true. You just don't need to, though. Yeah, you don't need to move. You just move to make sure you have line of sight. I'm Nick, just when we I'm I did saying, the clinic today, and I I said a I said a very bad thing in the Imperium clinic. What um, did you say? I said that uh, I could give a monkey Iron Hands list, and he could go to a local RTT and just three O people. <laughs> I don't You're know. So mean to me. <laughs> I watched I watched Nick Rose play his Iron Hands list, and I came away with like, oh. There's a lot more nuance to that than we give it credit for. Oh, definitely. It's oh, still... a lot different than the normal Iron Hands. Yeah, yeah. He, has a, he has a weird list, but like, I, and I'm not saying, you know, and I said this in the thing, but I'm well, not this saying. Is all, you know, this is all, yeah. Yeah, all Iron Hands players are bad. We're just making jokes, but, you know. <laughs> I myself am an Iron Hands player, so obviously I'm bad. Yes. Uh, who can't beat a Tau player, apparently. So. <laughs> There's a curse, man. There's a curse. First it was Ganyo, now it's Tau. Now it's Tau. Oh, man. Anyway, um, thank yeah. you for tuning in to another episode of the Art of War podcast with our guest this week, TJ. Thanks for coming on, TJ. We've had a really good discussion. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having so me. I think one of the more interesting things, and this happens a lot with uh, more dynamic armies like this, is the matchup portion because the army changes how it plays so much based on who you're playing against, especially with the bazillions of psychic powers. Um, you're going to change who has what depending on what you're playing against. So tune, tune in to part two on our Patreon. Uh, if you want to learn how TJ approaches all his different matchups. And we'll see you guys next time. 
TJ, before we go, is there any place people can find you if they want to get more of your advice or find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, so I work with uh, Nick Natavati. I don't know if you heard of him, but uh, I work I work in uh, you know conjunction with Nick. Uh, we do some nights at the gaming table. Pro, we have some great services that we offer for coaching and uh, things like that. So we do list building advice and all that stuff. And hopefully soon we'll have some new additional services that we'll be offering as well. Cool. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that kind of stuff. If you're interested in picking up the coaching at Nights of the Game Table or interested in our other services, we have a lot in the works, which will be unveiling very soon. And when we do, uh, you'll be sure to hear about it and check us out. Oh, also, I will say TJ is great about answering Facebook messages. There are some players that aren't, but TJ is really good about it. Like I he, answer everybody's messages. I don't want to do. ever feel like I want to, if someone start starting the game or having a rough time that like, you know, they leave the game because they didn't get their questions answered. I would hate that. So, yeah. yeah. So he's good on you, TJ. He's awesome. So when I, when I first started, TJ was one of the first name players I ever sent a message to. And he, we just chatted for a good chunk of time. I learned a ton of stuff. So that was great. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Well, thank you for coming on, TJ. You are an ambassador of the hobby and great to have you. So, uh, yeah, well, check us out on part two, guys. Yeah. See you later. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Peace. Like the strategy discussion you heard? Want to hear more about the tactics of this list? Sign up for our Patreon at AOW40K.com, where we go deep into details of optimal play. This has been Art of War, a strategy and tactics podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Find us at AOW40K.com. And of course, connect on Facebook. Just look for AOW40K. 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 Till next time.